Now, I'm a retired Anglican minister, so I'm very used to the various church seasons of the year. Uh, Following the great celebration last Sunday of Pentecost, today is designated as Trinity Sunday. Now, for those in the know, of course, will know that uh, Trinity Sunday, the liturgical colour that is often used in many churches, is white. I'm allowed this morning to wear my white jumper. This comes out once a year after the Vegemite toast incident. (laughs) Now, when we Christians proclaim that we believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the Trinity, we are declaring one of the truly distinctive doctrines of Christianity. Among the religions of the world, the Christian faith is unique in making the claim that God is one and yet there are three who are God. In other words, we worship One God in Trinity and Trinity in unity. So what about the Trinity? Now I can already see looks of doubt, even perhaps the first inkling of confusion. Someone once said about the Trinity, try to explain it and you'll lose your mind. But try to deny it and you'll lose your soul. Now Martin Luther, that great uh, reformer, said, to try to deny the Trinity endangers your salvation. To try to comprehend the Trinity endangers your sanity. Well, let's see if we can make it just a little bit clearer. If you wanted to explain the three-in-oneness of God, the Trinity, to your next-door neighbour, how would you do it? How would you explain that God is one and three-in-one at the same time? Now, certainly we have to concede, don't we, that it's not an easy doctrine to understand. We are dealing here with the nature of God himself. So it's not surprising that he stretches the limits of our understanding. God, you see, cannot be put into a neat little box and easily understood. A preacher who was speaking on the Trinity asked the congregation at the end of his sermon, have I made it clear? And one man in the congregation said, yes, to which the preacher replied, in that case, you've got it wrong. St. Augustine himself said, if you can understand it, it's not God. Now, he did not mean that we could not or should not seek to understand it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have written some 15 volumes on the subject. What he meant was that there will always be an element of mystery about God. Now, in that case, you might well be asking, so what? about the Trinity. Why bother to try and understand it? Does it really matter? Well, the answer is that it does matter and we need to try and understand it as far as we can. 
because it's fundamental, you see, to the Christian faith. Our God is Trinity. Now, many, of course, have sought human analogies to sort of help us to understand the doctrine. Uh, David Pryor, who was the vicar of St. Michael's in Chester Square, England, wrote to the Times in June 1992. And he suggested a rather novel analogy. He said, Last Sunday, I dragged myself away from watching the end of the test match at Lord's in order to preach at our evening service on the theme of what Christians believe about the Trinity. The last three balls I watched being bowled were by Ian Salisbury, England's exciting new spin bowler. The first was a leg spinner. The second, a top spinner. The third was a googly. I had been ferreting around for a helpful illustration of the Trinity, and there it was. One person expressing in three different but very similar ways. The leg spinner's stock ball represents God the Father who created us to feel after him. The top spinner, which goes straight through, represents the direct activity of God the Son. And the googly represents the surprising activity of God the Holy Spirit. Well, his letter elicited two very interesting replies. The first was from a guy called R.A. Morris, and he wrote this. David Pryor's Trinitarian illustration will have to be called a wide. <laughs> it reflects a serious theological error, identified in the early church as the idea that one God merely acts in different ways at different times. Better stick to three stumps in one wicket. Yeah. Oh, very droll, yes, minister. Now, the second reply he got was from a guy called Timothy Russ, and he wrote this. Perhaps David Pryor should have been studying the fathers of the church rather than watching the cricket on Trinity Sunday. For he seems to have expressed very concisely the Sabalian heresy, one person expressing himself in three different ways instead of three persons in one substance. My own anxiety, as I dragged myself away from the screen, was, will there be anyone in church at all? Now, this correspondence illustrates the difficulty in seeking to find an appropriate human analogy. And yet, the Christian story of God moves from Jesus, through the Spirit, to God, known as our Heavenly Father. We proclaim that the God of Jesus, the God of the Spirit, the God of the Father is one God. And thus we Christians speak of God as the Holy Trinity. Now the whole business of the Trinity came out of historical and theological struggles to defend the biblical gospel. And then it went beyond these struggles to become the language of prayer and praise we've sung this morning. I wonder if you remember this and you could join in with me. Father, we adore you. Lay our lives before you. How we love you. 
Jesus, we adore you, lay our lives before you, how we love you. Spirit, we adore you, lay our lives before you, how we love you. But I can hear you objecting. The words Holy Trinity are not words that we can find in the Bible. Well, that's true. God cannot be explained in mere words. Yet Trinity language is an attempt to name the God into whose life we have been drawn. Exodus chapter 3 confirms that there is but one God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Not many. One God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Not many. God called to Moses out of the bush. Moses, Moses, he said, here I am. Then he said, come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Then in Psalm 110, which both Jesus and St. Paul quote as proof of Jesus' divinity, we read that God said to the Son, Sit at my right hand. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And St. Paul himself, writing to the Ephesian church, prays for his people using these wonderful Trinity words. I pray that, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your in being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And In the Gospel of John, chapter 16, we find material rich in the significance of the doctrine of the Trinity. Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I, Jesus said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. But so what, I hear you cry? What difference does my belief in God the Holy Trinity make? How can my belief in God the Holy Trinity enable me to live my daily life in a Christian way? Well, before we can begin to answer that question, we must ask ourselves another question. Who is God the Holy Trinity? 
In other words, how do you imagine God? What is your picture of God? How do you see God in your mind's eye? What is God like? Now, all sorts of responses can be given to this, but the Christian answer is, in its simplest form, Jesus Christ. And how may you know God? Through the Spirit of Christ. And how do you address God? As your Heavenly Father. Your picture of God grows from your convictions about Jesus, the Spirit and the God that they introduce to us as Father. The picture of God in the New Testament is the picture of God as Father, Son and Spirit. It seeks to maintain the truth of God as one while retaining this triple naming and content. Now the doctrine of the Trinity is not God, but it expresses what every Christian recognises in prayer and baptism. Now when we pray, how do we pray? We pray to God through Jesus in the Spirit. Don't we? We pray to God through Jesus in the Spirit. And when we were baptised, we were baptised into the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. By being identified with Jesus' death, our sins are forgiven, we receive the Spirit and we become children of the Father of Jesus. And we are brought into the family of God. Through baptism we enter the people of God, the church family which also symbolises our sharing in the community life of God, the divine family. Now the work of the Spirit is to bring about that community and empower us to work within it and for it. To enable our faith, which is the basis of the community, and to promote the fruit which enables community. The fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Now if we're invited to share in this divine family, a family that pictures itself as a community of love, then our picture of God as Trinity, as the divine family, as a community of love in which God is relational and invites us to share in this community must have a lot to do with the way in which we relate to other people in our daily lives. For if we worship a God of love who is not just a distant God, who sits idly by, waiting for what he has created to run down, but is a God who exists as persons in relation, a community of love, then so too must we in our common life. We're not made as individuals to live in a private life. We're made for community, for relationship, We're made in the image of God. God, the community of love, the perfect oneness, is both the pattern 
and the possibility of us living in community. Sin has distorted human life, marring the image, the divine image of God in which we are made. But the work of Jesus has restored our relationship with God. The Spirit of Jesus brings us into this new relationship. God the Holy Trinity gives us a model for being human, which inspires us to live in community, a community of love. And this has practical implications for our lives. Think about the way you make decisions. Which do you make on your own and which others in Christ? In what ways do you live your weekday job or work, paid or not, as part of your ministry in the church? Do you encourage others to do so? How do you use your money to express a Trinitarian outlook? Do you support a cooperative lifestyle in your home? Is it a place where different people are welcomed? How is conflict dealt with? Is hospitality practiced? Do you look out towards the community and the world in which you live? Do you seek to meet others' needs? Is your Christianity just reserved for Sunday or do you live it out daily in your life? Do you bring the Holy Trinity into your personal relationships so that they are morally and ethically God-honoring? Do you seek to encourage a Christian ethic in hobby groups or community organisations of which you're a part? How do you work with others to further God's priorities in larger issues such as the environment, trade, housing, transport? Do you share your faith? Now, they're all fairly obvious questions, and I offer them as ways by which we can practice the presence of the triune God. Now, these questions seek to push us beyond our personal private walk with God to a public, though still personal, walk with God's people in God's world. Time and rest and work and leisure and sport, cosmetics and clothes and hobbies and interests and televisions and libraries, the list could go on. To be truly human means living as those made in the image of God. It means to have spirit, son and father inside us. It also means that God is in each one of our personal, communal, national and global relationships. In the household of God, the church, we begin to see something of the divine image remade. It is into this household that we have been baptised in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.